Mic check. One, two, one, two. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> We're the queued up podcast on podcast. Your weekly source for podcast news, tips, and tricks. From production to promotion and everything in between. I'm John Luckenball. And I'm Matthew Stevens. Two podcast experts ready to help you every Wednesday. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Matthew Stevens. And again, as always, I am joined by my fellow co-host, John Luckenball. John, how you doing? Matt, I am flying high. Not because of the bird game last night and their egg that they laid en route to another loss, but my daughters won their softball game yesterday. Ooh. Let me tell you about this, man. In the last inning, down one to nothing. My youngest daughter leads off with the base hit, comes around to score the first run, and then Cadence comes up with the bases loaded, two outs, two strikes, as she singles a frozen rope past the shortstop into the outfield to win a game. It was an awesome nice. comeback. It was great, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. You love those moments both as a fan, but I got to imagine as a parent uh, of seeing that and seeing the kids then like go crazy, like, ah, we won. It was great. That's amazing. Cheers, definitely. Before they got up to bat there, they're like, are we winning? I was like, no, you're losing by one, and we need two <laughs> runs to win. And they're like, all right, we're going to do it. It's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> Came down to the last strike on the last out, and yeah, it was great. It was an awesome time. That's fantastic, man. No, that sounds great. That's a, that's a hell of a way to start this episode. We've got some good stuff for you guys. Uh, as always, there is some new podcast management software we're going to be talking about at the end of the show. Captivate launches their newest podcast player, their podcast player 2.0, uh, which is pretty interesting. We're going to talk about those features. The IAB releases refreshed content taxonomy, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about again a little bit more and how maybe that impacts independent podcasters and then the whole industry as a whole. Apple's iCloud private relay. We're going to talk about that and, and rehash maybe a little bit of what uh, Brian Barletta had mentioned about in his Sounds Profitable newsletter. But first, let's talk about podcast speed. John, Apple recently uh, allowed users to start speeding up their podcast playback up to 1.25 times. So, uh, that quarter extra. I, I guess the big question is, is how useful is that feature? Certainly Apple is kind of at the tail end of everyone doing this. Most podcast players allow you to speed up playback a little bit. Apple's just jumping into this now at kind of like the last minute. Do you listen to any podcasts sped up? Some of the audiobooks that I produce have been 15 to 20 hours long. Yeah. So I've QC'd them at like two or three times the speed, but I also have a transcript to follow along with it cut the review time down significantly. But as far as podcasts, no, I'm not a pod faster. There's a couple things here, Matt. Most people listen to podcasts for education. Speed listening comes at the expense of comprehension. Once you go above 25% increase, your brain can't process information as quickly. Absolutely. That's that's my thought is I, I understand it. I mean, just like you, John, I will sometimes review a podcast whether that be a client or whether that be someone that just asked for some advice, I'll speed up the the replay just because I, I have to. We've got to get so much done in a day. But boy, is it really difficult to parse out any of actually what's happened in there, any of the content that's getting said and retaining. I imagine it's it's a lot like speed reading in that way that 
maybe there are some people that can, but I can't get all that information to stick. There are some podcasters out there that they listen to 50 plus podcasts a week this way, which that's a lot of content. I could see maybe an audio drama going through something like that, that you don't necessarily have to be paying much attention to. I guess you would say something that you're not trying to learn something. It's just more for entertainment. I could see that. But then again, the production quality, the production value of things for like a producer. If I were to produce something, I'd want the music to sound one way. I'd want the voices to sound one way. If you're going to listen to that, like a spun up Kanye West hook, like how hip hop went through the whole phase of speeding up all those old sample records. John, that's that's a great point is, you know, like the pacing is everything, especially when you don't have visuals to enhance it. Pacing matters. So a breath, a pregnant pause, as it were. Yeah. If you speed that up and, and now you've taken out what was a second long pause and turned it into a half second, it tells a very different tone. It, it tells a very different message. If you're going to do that to the stuff that I'm sitting there producing, to have it sound one way, even the music, even the ambience that's set by the music and the sound effects and everything like that, if you have a slow music bed to set the tone of something ominous happening or something like that, and then you listen to it two, three times the speed, all of a sudden you have like a hip-hop beat that's more upbeat. And the whole audio experience is kind of lost. Yeah, that, that's why personally I don't typically do it, especially with something that I, I very specifically want to listen to. But clearly there are enough users out there that do listen at a sped-up playback speed. You know, for those people that maybe want to get through some stuff, and like you mentioned that, uh, you know, look, I've got so many podcasts that I need to get through. Let's uh, Let's bang them out. All right, fine, but uh, there's a good reason why I think Apple waited this long to include that feature into their Apple Podcast app, and that's just because there cannot be that many people that are actually asking for it, and then it doesn't do the medium any favors by speeding it up, uh, just because it was never designed with that in mind. Now, that being said, maybe if there is a large enough user base that is using this, and we can start seeing some of those numbers over time through different podcast hosts and stuff like that. Maybe that is something that, fine, acknowledge that 50% of your audience is going to listen to it at a, at a sped up uh, playback. Maybe you take out some of those pauses. Maybe, maybe that's telling you that your audience wants quick, that you, you can't sit there and linger on a thing. That's kind of what I was thinking, Matt. So if people are listening to things sped up like that, as a producer, do you sit down and say, okay, let's slow everything down. Instead of talking at your normal voiceover speed, just go over really slow. <laughs> so that way people speed up the sound. I don't know. I probably wouldn't. No, I'm with you, John. <laughs> Therefore, the message still comes across. For anyone listening to this normal speed, it's got to be pulling their hair out. But I do find it interesting that, again, Apple is going to be starting to incorporate some of these features we've seen elsewhere. And, you know, we've talked about Apple and, and their hesitancy to do, I think, a lot of the things that we see Spotify and, and the other apps out there doing, whether that be because they're just slow to iterate, uh, which seems kind of anti-Apple in a large way, or if they just don't care that much about podcasting and like, look, we're not going to invest the developer time to create speed playback. Just no one's doing it. it. It'll be interesting, again, to see maybe how that changes over time. I would be very, very interested if any podcast hosts are out there listening. Could we get some of those analytics, some of that data? Do you, do you even collect that data on people who play back at, at higher speeds? All of that stuff, I think, will be interesting to digest 
figure out maybe how users are are incorporating this content into their daily lives and then tailor your content to fit that. But as of now, I don't think we have any of that information. Apple is so all over the place with what they do and what they don't do. I don't think we can read a whole lot into this. But for those people that are interested in listening to your podcast sped up, uh, at least now Apple Podcast offers the features that you're having there. Uh, they have a bunch of other broken messes they need to fix, but at least you have playback now. So you got that going for you guys. Speaking of Apple and their issues and, and their, their new developments, Apple recently launched iOS 15. It is their latest version of their mobile operating systems. Uh, of course, fits beautifully with their recently released versions of, of their uh, iPhones. With the latest version of Apple's operating system coming out, Apple is now allowing paying iCloud users to use something that they're calling the Apple iCloud Private Relay. It sounds super complex. It sounds super crazy. It's really just a, a VPN, which is a virtual private network. Chances are, if you've listened to any online content over the last two years, you've heard a million VPN ads all over the place. To explain that quickly, it effectively just masks your IP address to wherever it's going. So whether your internet service provider, Comcast, Verizon, Cox, there are a million of them out there, they can't see the content that you're specifically accessing. So it looks like you are really just going to one site. And really all that is the VPN, which then uh, then takes your information and allows you to go ahead and do it that way. So it's like it's like using a computer through your computer, if that makes sense. The reason for that is data privacy more than anything else. It's not going to help you from not getting hacked. It's not going to help you from making sure your your credit card information doesn't get out there. It's really just to ensure that you have some data privacy, which Apple has been playing up majorly over the last few years, getting rid of a lot of cookies and third-party tracking stuff uh, in their app store. So this is just clearly an extension of that. There is some impact that we could potentially see on podcasting, of course, when you start limiting the data that you can retrieve through IP addresses or through geolocating, that type of stuff. But it'll be interesting, again, to see how maybe that changes. But as of right now, John, the impact on podcasting, uh, thanks to some information from Buzzsprout, and again, thanks to Brian Barletta of Sounds Profitable and James Cridland of pod news they went through some of this information to very specifically see how it is impacting podcasts with so few podcast listeners using safari as your podcast player it's unlikely to have a major impact on industry as a whole so james cridlin brian barletta they both estimate just half a percent of podcast downloads could be impacted on things like downloading ip-based ad targeting pixel-based attribution etc Brian Barletta believes that the hit that websites will take, especially Facebook, will cause ad tech to match what podcasting has been dealing with, meaning the user data might not be as granular as it has been, which makes sense because it's going through their VPN. So they're not going to be able to track things like location or other sites that you're going to. And it's not going to be able to track, like, for example, if you want a new set of hunting boots, the next time you go on Facebook, you're going to see all these ads for hunting boots. Yes. So I guess my question is, Matt, where does this take the ad tech? How are they going to be able to target people now instead of IPN and tracking your movement? Great point, John. Is They're not going to be able to track you through IP and cookies as easily. And we've seen this with Facebook, as you mentioned. I've been looking at One Wheels lately. 
Okay. <laughs> which is kind of like a motorized skateboard is the, the best way of doing it. Boy, let me tell you, YouTube and Facebook are really pushing for me to buy a one wheel at like two grand. I don't have it. You can stop advertising. I'm probably not going to buy one. 35. I don't need to break an arm. What we'll see with that is, yeah, that tracking software that basically follows you around won't be able to follow you around as easily. You're not going to be able to see exactly what you're, what you're looking at. So in turn, you're not going to see those specific target ads as often or as easily. So in turn, we're going to see advertisers, and, and we see this a lot in podcasting already, have to get contextual. They're not going to be able to tell the exact target audience. They're not going to be able to tell, hey, your audience, 50% of your audience goes and buys these supplements or 20% of your audience goes and does this thing instead. They're not going to be able to get that very granular, 5% of your audience are new moms. That's both good and bad. For advertisers, well, they want that information because I want to sell to new moms. I want to sell to people that are buying supplements. I want to sell to people that are looking at one wheels. It's a lot easier for me to increase my ad pricing if I know that, hey, this is the exact audience we're going to hit. So they can't do that anymore or at least not as easily. So we're going to see some of that fall off and we're going to see contextual ads become a big thing. And John, that matches up beautifully with what the IAB just recently uh, released, their new content taxonomy 3.0, which focuses on contextual advertising and contextual targeting more specifically. So when you say contextual targeting, Matt, you're not following your audience, but you're more focusing on what that podcast is about. Would it be specific episodes or would it be just a podcast categories? The daily podcast is about this. The queued up podcast and podcasting is about this. It's not like this episode, which is on social media. This episode is on your podcast emergency plan. This episode is about hosting. It's more a general statement on what the podcast covers. Part of their update covers CTV and video. Part of it covers news content. And then some of it is also kind of just creating more categories for podcast games and mobile apps. So contextual targeting is, we'll we'll look at news for a great example. There is news that is just news. I'm just telling you exactly what happened. The Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Then there is op-ed. The Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Dallas Cowboys because they don't have a good quarterback. Well, that's opinion-based. So now if I'm an advertiser, Well, news that is just unbiased, very specific telling of the news is going to have a different feel, is going to have a different uh, flow to it than an op-ed might. So you start to be able to kind of separate this stuff a little bit more. For your specific example, for podcasting, and this is how I understand it, it's mainly going to look at, okay, well, what are our categories? Well, we're a technology podcast. And we focus on our second category is news, tech news. Our third category is news, business news. So that's the categories that we're going to get lumped into is that specific stuff. Now, again, that over time will expand. Maybe we'll start to see more specific episodic content that we'll see. We mentioned it with Marble previously with them beginning to transcribe specific episodes, pull out topics and, and give you that type of stuff. Maybe we'll start to see that become contextual to a very granular level. And certainly Reply All recently had this with their episodes about like the Afghanistan war, only then be followed up with an ad for like, join the military. Not the time, not the place, guys. Maybe we'll start to see that over time. But as of right now, the IAB is creating the foundation for, I think, a lot of that stuff. And again, I'm definitely not an ad tech expert by any means on this, but that that seems to be where things are going. This doesn't seem like something that 
independent podcasters need to worry about. This is more for podcast networks. Yeah, if if you're an independent podcaster, you probably have a few hundred downloads an episode. You're not going to be dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars in in ad buys and and stuff like that. You're going to be dealing with one-on-one dollar shave club wants you to do a thing you know it, it that's that's going to be probably where you're primarily at now i will say the stuff that we see networks doing trickles down to independent podcasts it's going to take a little bit of time but as we start to see the contextual stuff hit there we'll then start to see as more ad money goes into podcasting independent podcasters that are doing a show or two have more limited number of downloads that type of stuff we'll start to see it incorporate it into there, but it's going to take a few years, but it is something that is worth watching now. The best way I, I try to explain the IAB is they're just really trying to create like a, a technical standard that online media, digital media can use for podcasting. That's like measuring what is a listener? How, how many listeners do you actually have? And then creating that standard. So that way our show, we can measure against your show and we we're in the same ballpark. We're not talking different numbers. We're not apples versus oranges here. So with this, and it comes to ad tech, that standardization is important. It's where the industry needs to go in a large way in order to create more comfort for advertisers. More comfort for advertisers means more dollars coming into podcasting. And we've talked so many times about how the conversion rates are better for podcasts than they are on so many other things. Giving them that comfort only will mean that, again, we see more money start to flow into podcasting. So it's a good thing, even if it doesn't necessarily directly impact you right this minute. Speaking about things that will impact you directly right this minute, if you're a Captivate user, uh, you're going to be pretty thrilled. They just recently launched their Podcast Player 2.0. We use Captivate over here at Queued Up. We're we're very, very uh, big fans of what they're doing. We see them pushing out new features, new redesigns all the time. All the time which is great. It's great. It's one of the things that Mark uh, himself has commented on that, you know, this industry can stagnate super easily as people get comfortable with what they're doing. And we don't see that iteration. We don't see the the competition between podcast hosts pushing everybody up. Mark has very, been very, very adamant both on Twitter and on our podcast. And we had him on previously that that iteration, that competition, the forcing people to elevate your game is good for all podcasters. And we're seeing that here in this new podcast player. Some quick rundown on the things that you can expect there. Slightly new design, a little cleaner. I'm a big fan of it. Improved O-Embed support, allowing you to embed on other sites, Twitter, Facebook, your website, uh, third-party sites. Fully customized settings. They had some of that before. You could change your colors. We were using that with a lot of our clients, uh, as well as ourselves. The ability to share timestamps, John, Huge, love huge. It. One of the big things I love about YouTube is going like, all right, here's like an hour long video. You just need to hear this part. So we're going to start there. This is the clip you need to listen to. So you don't need to scrub through and try to find it yourself, which irks a lot of people off, especially online. So that's a huge feature to be able to say, we talked about this thing on this portion. Maybe instead of sharing an audiogram specifically, maybe you go ahead and share that exact segment, that exact timestamp where it starts. Maybe that's something you start incorporating as a podcaster into your social media strategy, into your newsletter strategy, uh, rather than doing a audiogram, which then means people then need to go download the podcast afterwards. They're already listening to it. So some pretty cool features there. But uh, John, what do you think about having taken a look at it? The player settings on here, Matt, 
I love being able to go through and select whatever gets put out onto the player. So for example, under the player options, you can allow sharing, allow file downloads, display show notes, display subscription options, display call to action, display donation link, and display cover art. You can turn those on or off, and you can have a full podcast player that you can do everything from. You can display different links, such as for Queued Up, we have a RSS feed, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. But any directory that you're on can be put onto here, and it can be reordered. So I like that idea if you want everybody to go to Spotify. Maybe you want to put that at the top, or if you want, you know, your Google Podcast first. I don't know who'd want to do that over <laughs> Apple or Spotify. But if you want to put that at the top, then that can be your choice. Same thing with your sharing options. You can have all your social channels and again, reorder them. I just love how customizable it is, even down to the color choice. It's a really sharp looking player, man. Probably my favorite out there. It really is. It really is. And I agree with you, John. I mean, we, we get a chance to look at a lot of podcast players. Captivate easily is the best looking one. And again, by far the most customizable one on captivate.fm. You can go ahead and check out their notes on their uh, wonderful demo. You can get a chance to check out what they've got in there. And again, the notes are quite extensive. So that's, again, the ability to not have to leave what you're doing to go check everything out is huge. It's, it's that little hurdle that people don't think of that is the difference between sharing something or digesting it a little bit more, digging in a little bit more, and not. And that's the difference between getting a subscriber and not getting a subscriber sometimes. One other note here, Matt. I have to say thank you to Mark for this. The embed options on here, when he was on, he talked about just keeping things simple, right? Mm -hmm. It's easy to understand. And that's exactly what you see from the embed codes that are here. Like if you go onto other hosting sites, the way they have them labeled, and it's sometimes difficult to copy these codes, you're like, well, what does this code do? Like it gives you eight codes. Like what do I use to put it onto my social page? What do I use to direct people to just download my audio file? What do I do to put it on my website? The way Captivate does it, they just list it out. Paste this link into your social post, and then it has a copy button. So all you have to do is copy and paste. There's no guessing on, well, is this my embed for social, or is this my embed for a website? Or is there a difference? Use this. If you want social, here it is. If you want something to embed on your website, Use this. It's labeled embed on your website. Copy. Yeah, again, I mean, I hand both Mark and Kieran uh, a ton of credit on this. User experience has been at the forefront for them, and it has been crystal clear since the get-go that Captivate has put that at the, the priority for them, not only making good stuff, but ensuring that it's easy on the user, both as a podcaster and as a podcast listener. I give them a round of applause there. And if you're a podcast company out there, regardless of what you do, take a page from their, their book. The easier you can make it on your users, on your listeners, on everyone that, that interacts with your podcast, the better life is. The, the, the more that we can expect from our listeners, the more that we can expect from podcasters themselves, all of that stuff makes a huge difference. And it doesn't seem like it, but there are so many awful user experiences out there and I won't I won't name names but especially in podcast hosting that I'm so glad Captivate even if you don't use them is at least pushing everyone else to get better on this front uh so hats off to Mark and the whole crowd 
over at Captivate and Rebel Base Media. So thank you guys very, very much for that stuff. And go check it out. Again, you know, we're not getting paid by Captivate. Mark isn't slipping us any money. I mean, Mark, if you're listening, I, I won't turn it down, bud, but I get it. I, we're just going to sing the praises of Captivate because they, it really is, uh, they're doing some really cool things over there. So definitely go check them out at the very least. So Matt, a couple weeks ago, we took an in-depth review on the Marble website and their latest release and what they can provide for podcasters. I'd like to do the same thing today, Matt, with something that Podmatch just came out with called Podcast SOP. For those that aren't aware, SOP means Standard Operating Procedure. So what Podmatch did, creating this Podcast SOP, is software for podcasters to manage the workflow of their episode release schedules, which through our experience, Matt, a huge reason why clients come to us is because it's so difficult to manage all the moving parts, and the processes of a podcast. We have our SOPs that we run through several different apps. For example, Monday is something that we use a lot to make sure all our parts are moving and getting complete for each episode. But I'd like to take a look at this and see if this is something that a podcaster could find helpful and maybe even we could find helpful on our end. Yeah, I'll say this. I mean, I'm looking through some of the templates they've got on some of these shows, and I think it's it's amazing. I mean. I don't think it necessarily replaces what an agency does in a large way, but it does ensure that you've got like a good checklist of the things you need to do every single episode to make sure that your episode, your podcast goes out on time, that it goes out at the same quality, that you're doing the things you should be doing. Podmatch even kind of mentioned in an article that, you know, one of the issues that they noticed was that the reason people pod faded or shows pod faded was just because it became too much to manage. And it was so easy to forget a step and get frustrated over it and the whole nine. And certainly we've seen that with clients. I mean, I think everyone's dealt with that at one point. We even mentioned our podcast emergency plan recently. So it all fits beautifully into that. It doesn't necessarily do any of the stuff for you, but it does give you that that checklist that you need. So on Podcast SOP, you can keep track of your upcoming episode releases, You can list out tasks and requirements associated with individual episode releases. You can organize content using a checklist to stay on top of what has been completed and what still needs to happen before or after an episode releases. And also, you can chat back and forth with team members on the app to ensure everything is on schedule for upcoming episode releases. I think for the typical independent podcaster, what this does is it just gives you a guide. You don't have to follow any of the steps. You don't have to follow all the steps. But it gives you a guide to ensure that you're putting out consistent content, which is, as we've mentioned, John, and I'm going to say it again, at some point I'm going to get it tattooed on me. Content is king. Consistency is queen. If those two things are not paired up, you're not doing it right. You need to be releasing good content on a consistent schedule. And that is one of the most difficult things. We see it from clients for that matter, too, that for whatever reason, they don't always want to release on the same schedule. They don't always want to release the same thing. They don't always, you know, it, it is difficult to do. This ensures that you're being put in the right spot. Now, I'll also say this, John, and, and this is an issue that we see in all industries, but at a certain point, you're going to have like 400 pieces of software that you need to work with in order to create an episode. It's super easy, and I can see this for if you're not a very organized person, this makes sense. If you can stay organized, whether through a free project management software, through just knowing what you need to do every time, through spreadsheets, through whatever whatever your current process is, 
this is $6 a month that you don't necessarily need to spend. It doesn't help you put out an episode. It just helps you stay organized to put out an episode. It's super easy to get bogged down in just more and more and more pieces of software that promise that your, your podcast is going to be better, is going to be more consistent, is going to do all those things. But this still comes down to the sweat equity. You still need to do A, B, and C. So I like what Podcast SOP is doing, what Podmatch is doing here. Again, still really bare bones. $6 a month is not awful in terms of pricing, but it's only one podcast and it's only three team members, which again, I'd like to see that expand over time. I'd like to see maybe multiple podcasts over time, or at least a reduction in cost. If you're going to do that instead of $6 for every one, maybe it's a dollar after that. But again, I'm taking all of that with a grain of salt here. Having played around with it a little bit, I definitely can see where this would be helpful, especially if you have, you know, you and a co-host are trying to do things. You guys are always fumbling over top of each other. Some of you, you know, you're, you're doing the same task twice. You're missing this task or you don't know who does this and who does this. This will help kind of clarify that stuff a little bit and create that standard operating procedures. But I, again, I will, I will caution anyone to say, if you're having those problems, this is not going to fix that. You have to fix that on your own. This is just going to go, hey, this task is assigned to you. You do this task. If that's all you need, then cool. You got this. Podcast SOP is going to hook you up. If you still struggle with that, if someone isn't pulling their weight, it ain't going to help it. It isn't going to push it out any faster. It isn't going to make it happen any better. Almost every project management software gives you the ability to manage like a project or two projects or gives you very limited features that is really all you're going to need. You don't need to have like a, a full CRM as a podcaster. Usually uh, you don't need to have a lot of those features that a lot of the project management softwares are going to give you. You could probably go and use something like a Monday yourself for free or an Asana yourself for free and set up templates just like you're able to in podcast SOP. I think the benefit of podcast SOP is you're able to get up and running quickly, whether they already have templates or you're able to create your templates that are very specific to your processes, you're able to do that quickly. Whereas something like a Monday or an Asana is going to take you a little bit to find your flow. And it's going to take, again, a little bit of sweat equity, as we talk about all the time with all of the different podcast apps and features and things that are coming out. Does this save you any money? Does this save you any time? It's going to be on a user by user basis, but there are other options out there for you. And I imagine if you already have a process down, that just a spreadsheet will work too. Yeah. The good thing about podcast SOP is a template is there. So you can go in, use a template saying, okay, this is how often my podcast is there. And this is how many team members I have. And it kind of already gives you a process. So you can go in and edit to fit your process perfectly, but it's already there. It's not something where like on Monday or on a spreadsheet that's blank, you have to sit down and think, okay, well, what do I do first? What do I do second? What do I do third? It's already there given to you, which is kind of cool. Exactly. And again, especially if you work in a team of multiple people where you all kind of rotate around tasks as you have time. And, and many podcasters do that because they work other jobs. They're not making money in this. So it's like you're, you're one of three people working on it at any given time. I think that's super helpful. But like you said, John, I mean, a spreadsheet does just as well. As more features get into it, I'd love to see it. I truly do think we might be able to incorporate it as an agency and be do some really cool things, but it's just clearly not designed for that as of right now, and, and it is very limited on the templates that are there 
as of the time of us reviewing it, there are only four templates in specific. So that leaves a wide variety for a, a wide variety of shows, whether that be interviews, whether that be audio dramas, whether that be fictional or nonfiction, whether that be news, daily podcasts. I want to see more templates get in there specifically, but again, this is new. Take all that with a grain of salt. Well, John, we've talked about some new project management software out there for podcasters, which is pretty cool. We've talked about Captivate launching their podcast player 2.0, which is also pretty neat. Good job, Mark and and the folks over there. Uh, IAB released their refreshed content taxonomy, which, as we mentioned, could have some ramifications for independent podcasters down the line, but will more than likely hit the networks first and foremost. Those are going to be the people that are going to be impacted by it immediately. Apple's iCloud Private Relay sounds more complex than it is. It sounds more dangerous than it is, when in reality, it's more for just data privacy. And there's very limited expectations on how much it's going to impact podcasts. Again, uh, as you mentioned, John, Brian Barletta and James Cridland estimated 0.5% of podcast downloads are going to be impacted by this simply because it's using Safari as of right now. But again, could change over time. So it is worth keeping an eye on Apple's iCloud private relay. And then Apple got up to podcast speed. And John, I want to mention this. I noticed on uh, uh, Captivate's podcast player three times. Three times playback speed is capable oh, on this. I am now going to, after we finish this, go listen to one of our previous episodes three times <laughs> just to see how usable it even is. But my guess is at one and a half times, I was already dri- driven nuts three times. We're going to be working through them episodes. As we get closer to our 52nd episode, in which we've mentioned, uh, I think, before, we're doing some stuff uh, about podcast definitions and diving into that a little bit more for our end of year, our 52nd episode, and then we're going to be changing up formats. Be on the lookout for some stuff happening. Make sure to go to mypodcastagency.com. You will see all the new features and new things that we're launching there as we launch them, or follow us on social media. On Twitter, you can follow me specifically, Matthew S underscore pod. You can also follow queued up at QDUP audio, A-U-D-I-O on Twitter, as well as all the other social channels, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, the whole nine. You will see what we're doing before we go ahead and launch it out. Or of course, John, you could just contact us, right? I mean, like that's the easiest way to do all of this. Reach out to us on mypodcastagency.com. Super simple. Yeah, right? User experience, we're making it, you can't be any easier than that. Just go to the contact page and reach out to us. Thanks, everybody, for again listening in, and we are excited to bring you some new stuff in the coming weeks. Uh, stick with us, and uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's rock it out and make podcasting better. That's all for today's podcast news, tips, and tricks. You can find us at mypodcastagency.com or on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at QDUP Audio. Make sure to share us with your podcast friends and follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for podcasting with us, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday.